You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Wow, it's good here, isn't it? No, no, it really is. Because I've got to get up loads of times in lots of different churches and I get up and say, wow, it's good here. And I'm lying. Yeah, but actually it is good here, isn't it? It really is. No, it's really great. Well, it's a massive privilege to be here. And uh, I kind of wanted to say a huge thank you. Um, You know, Martin was just saying there that you guys support us and sponsor us. And I really just want to say thank you for that because what that means is it means that I get the opportunity to preach the gospel in places that I would never be able to take it without the support from guys like you. We're about to do a tour and we've worked out that we're going to see around about 17,500 people and probably about 12,000 of them are not yet Christians And we're able to do that because you guys are supporting us and sponsoring us. So I want to say thank you. And uh, wow, I really appreciate you getting alongside what we're doing. Um, Sometimes when you're up on the stage and you're looking your Sunday best, sometimes people are like, wow, you know, he looks very Christian. He must have it sorted, yeah? A lot of you are looking at me right now. No, I'm not seeing many of you looking at me like that, but... Sometimes people look at me and go, wow, he must be really sorted. And there he is with his wife. Everything's lovely. But I thought I would be honest with you this morning. Because sometimes it doesn't quite go to plan. Sometimes things don't quite go to plan. My wife cooked an amazing meal for us a little while ago. And um, got the whole family together around the dinner table. Now we've got a son, Jordan, who's 20. My daughter's 17. Love God. Go to church, we're a great Christian family. And here we are around the table having food. And my wife had put on some worship music, Bethel worship music. It's a lovely atmosphere. And just while we were having food, my son said something to my daughter that made my daughter cry. Yeah. And uh, that's my little princess. So I got up and I was in his face. I was shouting in his face. I think I did it in a lovely spirit, yeah? I think I did it with the love of the Lord. And uh, I was shouting at him, telling him to back off, never to speak to her like that again. Then my wife starts getting involved and she's upset because there's all this arguing and she's crying. And then Jordan's upset because his mum's upset. And then Kezia, my daughter, is shouting at me because I'm shouting at Jordan. And I'm saying, I'm shouting at Jordan because of you. And she's like giving it all back. And it's carnage. It's all kicking off. It's shouting. It's not good. It is not good. And then amongst all of this arguing, we all kind of had this moment where we stopped and the worship music just played into the room. And my wife, Tamsin, just went, not now, Jesus. Not now. I love that. Not now, Jesus. Not now. I would love a church to be called that, wouldn't you? Just like, come to our church. Not now, Jesus. Not now. It's brilliant. No, but you know, it's great, isn't it? Because we're flawed characters, aren't we? 
All of us are flawed. Everyone has been on the stage today. We're all flawed. But there's this amazing thing called grace. And I love it because grace comes and meets us right where we're at. It doesn't wait for us to get sorted and then kick into action. It meets us right where we're at. Amazing. Well, listen, it's a massive privilege to preach today. And uh, I don't know if you've able to stick it up on the stage, but we're going to up on the screen. I, I, I thought we would look at some verses in Joshua. Now, these are amazing words. And, you know, you've maybe heard them before. But God was speaking to Joshua and he said some pretty exciting words. God speaks to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. And he says these words, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow. So a little bit of context is that the people of Israel had been following Moses And they'd had to travel around and wander in the wilderness. And they'd been following Moses for a long time. And then Moses dies. It's now time for Joshua. And God speaks to Joshua. And God says, come on, Joshua, do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. And Joshua, he's like, you know what? I've got, this is my time. I've got to take this moment. Wow. So, I wanted to kind of like tell you about something that happened to me. My job is that I get to speak all over the world and talk to lots of people about God. And in the summer, it can get really busy. And I go from one youth event to another youth event to different conferences. And a couple of years ago, I was in America and then I was getting back from America. I was getting into the airport at London and then I was flying out to Austria where a camp had already started and I was joining it halfway through. The reason for telling you that is because I don't know if anybody else has done a bit of traveling, but you kind of have that thing where you're completely bewildered and you don't know where you are and you're sort of wandering through an airport thinking, ah, what country is this? And uh, I don't know if anyone else has had that. And it's kind of like, whoa. And then one of the things that had happened is that this camp from Austria, this youth camp, had got in contact with my office and had said to them, that one of the activities was a thing called canyoning and would Mark be interested in canyoning when he was with us? Now my office, because they love and care for me, yeah, and are such a great supportive crowd, they were like, oh yeah, 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 Mark would love to go canyoning, yeah? They didn't even bother to find out what canyoning is, yeah? They're just like, oh yeah, he'll love it, he's up for it, go for it, yeah? Wow. So I land in London, get on another plane, I'm flying to Austria, I get picked up, and I'm taken into the mountains of Austria to this youth camp. I get out the camp, out the car. I don't even know. I'm so bewildered. I can't even think a camp, car. I'm all over the place. I get out the car and somebody, a leader comes along and puts a towel in my hand and says, Mark, the minibus is waiting. You're going canyoning. I take this towel. I get into the minibus. We're now driving into the mountains and I'm looking around. 
Now this is key. What I'm going to tell you now. I'm looking around and suddenly I realize that everybody in the minibus is a certain age and a certain sex. They're all male and they're all between the ages of 11 to 14. Every single one of them. 11 to 14 year old lads. I'm looking around. I'm thinking, yep, they're definitely all 11 to 14. We get there and I'm kind of trying to figure out what canyoning is. And we get there and suddenly I realize as I'm asking and the leader's bringing us and we're suddenly up mountains. Oh, canyoning is where you throw yourself off the side of a mountain into deep pools. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah, it's not go-karting. This is not go-karting. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm thinking, oh, this is bad. This is bad. I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. And I mean, the thing is, the very first jump, the very first jump is seven meters. That is 22 feet, yeah? That is almost where Tom Daly dives off, yeah? That's what we're chatting about, yeah? That's high. That is high. And then suddenly I'm realizing, oh no, it's all a group of 11 to 14 year old lads. And 11 to 14 year old lads, they don't care whether they live or they die. When you're 12, you don't care about that, do you? Somebody says, hey, we're jumping off that. You're like, yes, I am. You don't care whether you die, but I quite like my life, yeah? I'm thinking, I don't want to do that. I do not. And you know, they're not even looking down. They're not even looking at it. They're just running off and woohoo. I'm like looking down going, this is not good. I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, wow. And I think it's fascinating that as I was in that minibus kind of sort of working out everything that was going on, I just felt really bewildered. I felt really overwhelmed. You see, sometimes it's a really interesting thing that in our wanderings can lead to our wondering. We sometimes just feel completely disorientated. We feel overwhelmed. We feel like a sense of like, I don't really know where I am. I don't really know what is going on. You know, I'm a Christian and we heard it in one of the Little clips there. I don't know if you spotted it, but the lady was talking about coming home. She talked about being home. You see, because as a Christian, I really believe that like we find our home when we run into the arms of God. That our home, that your home, your spiritual home, the place that you belong is in the arms of God. That when you're in the arms of God, you feel safe there. You feel secure there. You feel home there. And yet, I know that in this room, there are many of us that we have strayed. We have wandered. We maybe are far off. We are. We're not home right now. You know, I'm really aware and I was praying on the front row and I believed that there are some people that while the songs were going on today, you were kind of like, you were disorientated. You were kind of trying to figure out what was going on. 
and, and, and there's a sense inside of you that something is coming alive, but you're not really sure what that is. And it's because we stray and our wanderings lead to our wanderings. We're far from home. And yet God calls you home. God calls you home today. God calls you that that you would come and find safety in his arms. God would say to you, even if today is your very first time, even if you've never been here before, God calls you and says, you're home. Come into my arms. Welcome home. God is looking for you. He's longing for you. And sometimes we can feel so confused. We can feel like I don't really know What exactly is happening? I'm not really sure about what's going on. But what I want to assure you is that God is calling you and he's calling you home. You see, one of the interesting things as I'm I'm standing there watching these 11 to 14 year old lads throwing themselves off the side of a mountain. That in a few moments it's going to be me. And I'm thinking I'm watching and then it is my turn. And I look down and in the pool below... Is the guide. He's the activities leader. And suddenly I realize. That the activities leader. He is an Austrian. Who can only speak German. I'm Scottish. I can barely speak English. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm like this is not good. This is not good. I did not go to German at school. I went to French. French, all I know is je m'appelle Marc, yeah? So, unless he was shouting that up at me, that wouldn't have worked either. So, I'm looking down, and he did that classic thing. He shouted up to me in German, and I gave him that face that was like, I don't know what that is. And so he did the classic thing where he shouted it again, but he shouted it a bit louder, yeah? You've done that before, haven't you? When you're speaking to someone in another language, you think, oh, it's the volume that's the problem, yeah? That's what the problem is. If I say it a bit louder, they're bound to get it, yeah? It's not the problem. The problem is you don't understand the stinking word he's saying. That's the problem. And I'm looking down and he's shouting. And I'm trying to think, oh, man. And he's making these gestures with his hand. Now, the health and safety in Austria is a little bit different to health and safety in England, yeah? Because he was kind of pointing to one bit, and I think he was saying, if you jump there, you will probably die, yeah? I think that's what he was saying. And he was kind of saying, if you jump there, you'll probably live, yeah? So I'm like looking at him, I'm not understanding the whole thing. And then I have this moment where I realize that, you know, I'm going to have to take a leap of faith. I don't fully understand every single thing that's going on, but I'm going to have to have this moment where I trust him. Where I think, do you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm looking at him and he's making some gestures and I'm thinking, I think when he points to this part of the pool and puts his thumbs up, that means it's okay to jump there, yeah? If that means in German, don't do that, you'll die, yeah? I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble, yeah? I'm in a lot of trouble, But I'm thinking, I think that's what he means. And so I took this leap of faith. I didn't have it all sewn up. I didn't understand everything. But I trusted the man and I jumped. And of course, I lived. I thought I should tell you that, yeah? And, um, well, thanks for clapping at that. 
Somebody's saying, wow, I thought he was barely alive. I'm glad to hear he lived. But you know, the truth is this. Is I understand today that there are people here, maybe for the first time, and you're grappling with some of this stuff, and you're thinking, it feels like there is a God, and it feels like there's something going on here, but I don't understand everything. I don't understand the whole Old Testament. I don't really know where dinosaurs fit in. I'm not really sure what the theology of soteriology means. But this is the deal. The deal is that, you know, There's no way we're going to be able to tie up and rope up every single nuance of the gospel in this moment. But there comes this moment where you have to take the leap of faith. Where you have to trust God. Where you have to say, do you know what God, I don't understand it all. I've not got it all sewn up. But I trust you and I'm going to jump and I'm going to find you. And you've seen many of us, we've got our hands raised up, we're singing, our hearts are full. And the reason for that is because we have had that moment where we stood there and we looked at God and we said, you know what God, I'm going to take that leap of faith. And we've found that God has not let us down. That God is to be trusted. God is to be trusted. You, you, you will not crash on the rocks. When you throw yourself into the arms of God. God, he will look after you. He's out for you. He loves you. He's got your back. He definitely, definitely cares about you. And God is saying, come, I want you to jump. And at the end of the service, we're going to give people the opportunity. And you know, these verses are, take courage. And I know that in a service like this with so many people, you I'm speaking to your soul that you would take courage, that you would look and that God is calling you and that you would say, do you know what? I'm going to take that leap. I'm going to jump into the arms of God and that God will meet you there and that he will find you and that he will protect you. I love that. But you see, this amazing story of Joshua, it's incredible because God spoke to Joshua and he says, do not be discouraged, you know, Come on, be full of courage. Take courage, my heart. But I really, really love this. Because the Bible says that Joshua then speaks to the people. And it's amazing because we can see it. In Joshua 1, verse 17 and 18, you know, we can see that that Joshua then speaks to the people. He says, and the people speak back to him. And in verse 17, they say this. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. And then listen to this. Only be strong and courageous. The people spoke back to Joshua. And they said to Joshua, we're going to obey you. We're going to follow you. That's fine. But Joshua, be strong and courageous. They spoke back to him. They were a daring culture. They were a culture where they were like saying, come on, Joshua. It's time for you to like go for it. It's time for you to be strong. And we're with you. And you know, you're going to take a few risks and a few chances. Only Joshua Be strong and courageous. I love that. Because there's a little key into what happened in my story. 
in canyoning. Because I told you, seven meters, 22 feet, that's quite a deal. But then we did a few more and they were getting higher. We were jumping off from higher places. I was like, I like the first one. Why can't we just stick with the first one? We're getting higher. And then we get to the last jump. And the last jump was nine meters. Nine meters. 29 feet. 29 feet. I'm going to be honest with you now. My face was not in a good place. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm like looking. I'm thinking this is really, really terrifying. Even some of the 11 to 14 year old boys are beginning to go, okay. That's about all they did. Just a tiny little pause. And then they ran off and threw themselves off. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of showing my nerves a little bit. I was not sort of enjoying myself like I had been a few minutes ago. And then one of the lads, he's about 12 or 13. He was the only one out of the crowd that spoke a little bit of English. And he came up and he just came alongside me. And I thought, oh, and he says, ah, oh, you are, um, how you say, you are um, a baby? <laughs> That's what he says. You are, um, how you say, a baby. Whoa! Whoa! Guys, you need to understand something. I threw myself off that stinking mountainside. I would never have done that. If I had been with you guys, we would have all been like, you know, we have done well. Have we done well? We have done well. Let us go for some souk. Souk, soup. Let us go for some soup and celebrate the Lord. That's what we would have done. But, because this stinking little 12-year-old lad, oh, you are a baby. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay, right, right. Game on. Game on, you little 12-year-old snotty little kid. Let's see what happens. I threw myself off the side. Wow, I did it. I got in that water. I came out. I like went and shook that 12-year-old hand. I said, I oh, hope you shave soon, yeah? And uh, that was childish. And, uh, but you know, the deal is this, guys. The deal is, is that there was a daring culture. I did more than I would ever have done Because I was in a daring culture. If I had told you before, if I'd been with other people, I probably would have just left it at that. But because I was in this culture where everyone around me was kind of pushing me beyond what I've ever done, I did more than I could ever have dreamed or imagined. I want to speak to your souls. It is exciting to be here. It is exciting to be in this place at this time in Coventry with God doing these wonderful things. And I speak to you as a church and I say, church, I want you to to have a daring culture. I want you to dare each other. I want you to say, do you know what? We can do more than we've ever dreamed or imagined. We can go beyond what the ordinary and the average and the mediocre is. God is looking for you to be a church that leads the way and taking risks and seeing amazing things happen. I got excited in my heart that there would be some people that would say, do you know what? We still believe that God can heal cancer. That there are going to be people that are going to say, do you know what? We actually believe that God can turn those situations around and we're going to step into the faith, into the goodness of God and we're going to believe what God has got for us. That 
We just continually, continually risking it all, saying, you know what? Come on, be strong and courageous. Come on, we can do this. We can do this. God is with us. I am... I started to preach, I left Bible college, I went to lead a church, helped to lead the church, and then I started becoming an evangelist, and I went preaching around churches where 98% of the crowd were already Christians. And I kind of did that for a little while and thought, well, I'm not sure that's what I want to be about, I want to be in front of people that are not yet Christians. And, uh, and so my wife took me to a, a comedy show, and in the middle of the comedy show, God spoke to me. God said, Mark, I want you to do this. I want you to tell stories, make people laugh, and communicate the message of God. I was like, wow. I spoke to my wife about it. She's a great faith-filled woman. It was amazing. We booked a little theater on the outskirts of Nottingham. About 70 people came. And uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe about 15 of them were, were not yet Christians. And, and, we, and we were there in the theater. And I did it for the first time. I was terrified. I was so nervous. And there were moments in that show that were hilarious. Where the crowd were laughing and loving it. And there were other moments that were horrendous. I don't know if you've ever had a whole room look at you going... Please stop. Yeah, please, please just stop saying that because that is horrible. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever had that. I don't know if you've ever been at the microphone when they're tumbleweed. <sighs> Have you ever had that? Pastor Mark? No, let's not ask that. And, uh, but you know, that moment of kind of, oh my goodness. And amazingly, at the end, Five people became Christians. It's like incredible. I was excited. People were excited. It was great. But I had asked a a pastor, a minister to come, who I really respected and revered. I'd asked him to come to kind of listen. It's the first time I'm doing it. I'm thinking of doing this idea of theater shows. And he came to me at the end. And he goes like, Mark, you must never do that again. Oh, that's feedback and a half, that, isn't it? Wow, thanks for the clarity, brother. And uh, he gives, you must never. He says, didn't, he says, stick to going round churches. He goes, Mark, there were bits of that that were horrible. There were moments of that where, like, the crowd were just like, oh, cringing. It's like, oh, okay. I revered them, I respected them. I says, okay. We were driving home in the car. My wife was driving and we were talking about what had happened. And I told my wife what this pastor had said. I don't know if anyone else has got a wife like this, but my wife began to hold the steering wheel very tightly, yeah? And I could see that she was literally strangling the steering wheel. The steering wheel was crying out for mercy, yeah? It was saying, the vein in my wife's neck became very large and actually came out of her body and wandered around the car, yeah? She was, she was angry. She was angry. She said, Mark, listen to me. I asked God, should I listen to her? God was like, I would listen to her, yeah? I would, I would listen to her. I would li-. God said, I, I'm listening to her, yeah? So I would definitely listen to her. 
that I'm listening to what I'm listening to. She goes, Mark, it is true that some of the stories you told today should never be told again in public. She goes, that is true. And we'll have to change that. She says, but what you did was audacious and daring. And the fact that you went out there. And she goes, Mark, you must keep on doing this because you were alive in front of that crowd and people connected with God. Like, wow. And I did change some stories. And I did sort some stuff out. And the next show was better. And the one after that got even funnier. And we created and crafted and we got something that was good. And then we started to do it in front of crowds of 300 and then 500. And then I was in a theater in Lincoln in front of 800 people. And 800 people are laughing and enjoying it. And at the end, I made a response and 150 people responded to God. 150 people responded to God. Wow. And I didn't even know this. But that pastor who'd been there on the first night, he was in the crowd. And he came and he spoke to me. And he says, Mark, that was brilliant. He goes, you must keep on doing that. I'm listening to him. I'm thinking as soon as he stops talking, I am going to give him it straight. I'm going to tell him, if I'd listened to you, I would never have done this. I was ready. And God says, no, 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 no. I let him say his stuff, yeah? He said his stuff. He says, thanks, thanks for that. That's really encouraging. I walked away. And now I talk about him all over the world. So the thing is... Never use his name, but he knows who he is. So the thing is, the truth is this. The truth is that we can play it safe. We can be comfortable. We can stay in the middle lane. But we're never going to see this generation turned around if we play it safe. We're never going to be able to impact and see our generation connect with God If we just keep on doing it the way it's always ever been done. And we've got to kind of say, oh God, come on soul, be strong, be courageous. It is time to throw ourselves out and to trust that God's with us. And I'm speaking to you and I love you guys and I know that you've already been audacious. I didn't make it to any of the services last year, but Martin's my friend and I'm listening to your story and he's telling me how you're going to go from one service in the morning to two services and I'm thinking, wow, amazing. Kind of tottering on the end. You guys could have stayed in one service and it would have been lovely and fine. Nice church. I love that you guys are not after just doing meetings You're after, what does God want for our lives? And you're like tottered on the edge and you threw yourself out. And here I am today, two full services. God doing amazing things. Praise God. Praise God. We throw ourselves out into nothing and we find God. And it's like I want to stir up your soul and I want to say, friend, you know, it's not, we've got to speak to our soul. Be strong, be courageous. And my stories developed two years ago. I did my show at Edinburgh Festival. And there, right in that comedy festival, as a young lad, as a young lad, I was 16. I lived near Edinburgh. I used to go up and watch the comedians rip the name of Jesus to shreds. And as a young 16-year-old lad, I thought, one day I'm going to be on that stage and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. 
And there I was two years ago, lifting up the name of Jesus, lifting him up and saying, wow, taking Jesus into the most unlikely of places. A couple of days ago on Thursday, I was at the Leicester Festival. Jesus doing these amazing things. And tonight, we've got this opportunity. Going to be doing the Edinburgh Festival show in this room tonight. For the love of God. We're going to have loads of laughs. It's going to be fun. You're all going to kind of go home with aching sides because we've laughed and had fun. But you know the truth is, we're also going to have these beautiful moments where people connect with God. And it's like you, I'm asking you to be courageous even this afternoon. That you could like send a text, get a message out there, bring someone along. Even if no one comes, still come. Let's fill the room and let's have fun and see people connect with God. Yeah. Wow. Amazing to think that like God calls us to step out into nothing and to find him. And I believe that there are people, even in this room, incredible sense of the presence of God. I don't know if it's possible for the band just to join me for a minute. But what we're going to do is this. Is that like, I'm really aware that for many of us in this place, we're like, do you know what? I've wandered off. I've strayed off. And that some of us in this place are like, ah, do you know what? I need to come home God calls you to come home I understand that some of us not got it all sewn up you're in this place right now life is not fully sorted you feel disorientated and God calls you to come home to take the leap of faith and to jump into his arms so this is what we're going to do in a moment I'm going to ask us to bow our heads and then I'm going to pray a really short prayer and I'm going to ask that today you would pray that prayer don't say it out loud so everyone around you can hear but pray in your heart And then I'm going to say amen and I'm going to ask us for a few more moments to keep our heads bowed. And I'm going to count to three. And on three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And that will show me that today you have been strong and courageous, that you have leapt off the side into the arms of God. Let's bow our heads in the presence of God. Why don't you pray this prayer right now in your heart? Father God, thank you that you love me. God, I trust you. I'm sorry for the stuff that's got in the way. And I receive your forgiveness. And I take the leap of faith into your arms. In Jesus' name.